0: Hey there, it's Tug Coker from The Long Finish. And?
1: Catherine Coker.
0: Yes, and we want to let you know that we are running the final week of our contest. This contest is going to be ending on Monday, April 27th. So hurry up. Hurry up, because we're going to announce the winner on the next week's podcast. That's the week of April 28th. What Are we giving away? We've said it before. We're giving away two bottles of wine that we're going to be talking about on future episodes of the show. We are going to send these bottles to one lucky listener. And all you have to do to enter to win is rate, review, and subscribe to our show at wherever you listen to podcasts. Potentially, it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Then send us a DM screenshot of your review to... The long finish on Instagram or TLF pod at Twitter, letting us know that it's your review, and you'll be automatically entered to win two bottles of wine that we're going to talk about soon on The Long Finish. And if you've already reviewed the show, you're still entered to win. It's just a growing pool, but the pool's good. Got a good shot. So do it. Do it this week. Once again, rate, review, and subscribe to our show, then send us that review, a screenshot of the review, to our Instagram or our Twitter, letting us know it's yours. And you'll be entered to win. One lucky listener is going to win two bottles of wine coming up soon. Drink them with us. Right, Catherine?
1: Come on, drink with us.
0: Good luck to everyone out there. Let's get back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Long Finish. I am your host Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine. While Coker, how are you doing tonight, Kevin? <laughs>
1: so good. That was a great intro. Sometimes I imagine myself. At um, Staples, you know, and then there's like a light coming on. I'm running out onto the court with my glass of wine.
0: Hey, look, we don't know when sports are coming back. So this is an opportunity. that could be it. Yeah, this could be it. This might be the only announcing you guys hear all year long, at least until the summer. So enjoy my, I don't know, whatever this is.
1: I I so enjoy it.
0: (laughs) Stadium announcing. (laughs) This is, you know, I think I told you this weeks ago. This is an homage, you know, to me thinking about Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And when they were at the Bulls. And now the only thing that sports fans have to look forward to for the next few months is this ESPN ten-part series documentary on the the nineteen nineties Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. So
1: well, that does sound good.
0: Oh yeah, I'm excited to see if it brings in like non-sports fans. Well, Just
1: I'm interested in it. And I never watch sports. I,
0: I, I've never been more excited to talk to you. I never found you more attractive. <laughs> Than I have right now when you saying you want to watch a sports documentary. Yeah, I do. It's you look cool. beautiful tonight. Oh, um, well, thank you, you have a certain glow uh, because you're interested in the nineties Bulls. <laughs> but uh, but
1: aren't people in other countries playing sports? I heard that like in Taiwan they're playing uh, baseball, baseball. Yeah, right? th-
0: yeah, I think there is some baseball in Taiwan. Maybe South Korea. No fans in attendance so i and i think you know so right now golf is scheduled to come back in june which i think is plausible for golf you don't need fans no you don't even really need caddies no. it's just like you just stay six feet away from your guys it's fine in your you know group you're pairing and you just pick up your own ball to me it seems very doable totally so they're gonna do like about a month with no guests no crowd no what what is it called fans <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. And then, um, then they'll see. But yeah, this Jordan Bulls documentary is like everyone. I'm in, babe. And I'm now in. you, I'm every in. sports fan, and now even you. I we don't lo- even
1: watch TV, and I'll watch that. We
0: have not watched a thing. except nope. for a Top Chef. With we ch- watched Jeremy one Fox episode on it. We <laughs> And I watch a little uh, Survivor because it's the only closest thing I can find to a sport. That's it. On air. That's it. Just been too busy. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode twenty nine. Whew. of the long finish. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the show. It's my wife, Catherine Coker and myself. If you're just joining for the first time, welcome. We're going to talk about things going on in our life, things going on at the wine store. That That's we- a store now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> retail shop. A retail shop at the moment, and then uh, talk about a wine. And we're in my wheelhouse right now. It's something that I love, which is a minerally, a mineral-driven, whatever adjectives you want to use. Both of those
1: are fine. I mean... Uh, White one. The computer will always autocorrect you with minerality. It doesn't like that. So, I don't know. It's a wine-invented thing, I guess. But mineral-driven probably would be accepted by yes. by the Google Doc. In any case, the wine we're drinking tonight is the Passini San Giovanni Lugana 2018. It's 100% Turbiana, Never heard of that grape variety. Kind of related to Verdicchio, but it's very specific to this region. A lot like other grape varieties in Italy. Sort of related, but very specific to their region. And this is from Lombardy, which is in northern Italy. And it's on the southern shores of Lake Garda. Uh, lake Garda is Italy's largest lake. And uh, this is the southern part of that.
0: Do you know the largest lake in the U.S.? Lake Michigan? I believe it's Lake Superior. Oh, but you know what? This is just a guess. And I used to be a Jeopardy lover. Oh, I still am a Jeopardy lover. You would just I feel like I should know the answer to that. So
1: you should. Why are you asking me?
0: I'm asking the people out in the world. Oh. Folks, is Lake Superior the biggest lake in the United States? Sally Wild knows. I know it's also, I think, w- involves part of Canada. but
1: Linda Coker knows. Yeah,
0: someone just DM us and give us some trivia. Let us know. But We're talking <laughs> about the biggest lake in Italy right now. So I'm excited. I love mineral driven white wines. It's what I probably most like to drink if I'm going to be, you know, sipping on a glass by myself. So I'm excited to hear more about this wine. But let's go ahead and talk about the week that we've had in week what, 5 now of quarantine. So we've been doing this for about 5 weeks.
1: At least for us, the first couple of weeks were more painful than now, where we have a little bit of a routine, a little bit of a flow. Yeah. Bo misses his friends. We all miss doing things with other people. I miss having a bar, you know, all that stuff. But at least like we have a daily thing now.
0: For me, it's probably been my best week, my favorite week of quarantine, because you had two days off. Which was big. Yeah, you, you have not. This is my
1: first time having two days off, yeah. and that was like holy so moly! That was
0: huge for you, and huge for the energy within <laughs> our household. Yeah, like uh, the
1: bathroom is so sparkling, you guys. You've never <laughs> seen the bathtub sparkle like it is right now.
0: It's what one does on their day off.
1: Yeah. Because they're just excited to get their house right.
0: And then I took the opportunity to go to Esther's on the day. uh, We're closed on Monday for the moment. And I decided to go into Esther's and kind of take stock of things in Esther's. But also just frankly to be in a room where there were no kids and there were no other noises. I couldn't step on a little mini fire truck and I could just sit there quietly with my own thoughts. And, you know, that was so reinvigorating for me. And I talked to a friend of mine yesterday who lives by himself and we were talking about how diametrically opposed our quarantines are because I'm in chaos all day long you know dealing with kids bop and Peppa Pig and baseball and Paw Patrol and all this stuff and he's literally with his own thoughts and his own work and he texted me after we had a conversation he's like I understand and empathize with you but just so you know I'm also going crazy just more slowly because I'm only listening to myself and when I talk to people sometimes I'll say are the words coming out of my mouth making sense because I haven't spoken to anyone oh. You know, in a, in a few days. So that's just to say, like, everyone's Everyone experiencing going quarantine, through going through it, and everything is valid. But for me... Personally, I needed those two days to go to Esther's or actually went to Rustic Canyon and kind of did some work in there and just paced around the room because I had space and didn't have a kid like grabbing my leg every five minutes. So um, things are looking up. We'll see what happens the next few weeks. But finally, we have a little bit of routine and it's it's transitioned into some of the nighttime stuff. I know you want to touch briefly on how we've been doing on bedtime. Well,
1: yeah, I would say tonight our bedtime was like we've been saying the last couple of weeks. Bedtime's been good. Bedtime's like 9 out of 10, because I know you're 10 out of 10 as the kids walk themselves into the room, but really... And
0: make me a drink.
1: Oh, yes. Sorry. Forgot about that. Yeah. Seriously, 9 out of 10. Just easy good and i'm going to let you in on this big fat news flash people our nights have been better the past week i know you won't believe it but it's true i don't know if it's because you're with them all day and you're running your dogs and they're just like exhausted or we're also eating later because this is our new routine it takes longer to get dinner etc but they've been sleeping better like till 6:30 7 and not getting i've only gotten up a few times at 5 in the morning to put Quinn back down and he's gone back to sleep if this is the gift of quarantine I'll take it
0: I will remind you that no situation is perfect we are having our kids sleep a little bit later including our 17 month old there's a downside um, he sleeps so long that he fills his diaper
1: <laughs> well yeah I mean it, we have not, to wash you know, his sheets every morning to sheets because every there's every poop mo- in the bed <laughs> yeah. but you guys it's worth it it's yeah. worth
0: it uh, yeah ask me again in a week if it's worth it I, I don't want to
1: hey you're not cleaning it it's me
0: uh, uh, okay Okay. <laughs> I changed the diapers, though. I will say that. It's true. Anyway, that's maybe TMI. <laughs> we'll, I have to delete. We'll that. see if that makes the edit or not. But anyway, first week where I felt like in congruence with what Gavin Newsom was saying, the governor of California, that there is some reason for some sunlight. And it's still going to be going on for a while, but some signs of positivity. We've seen that within our own household. So that's good. Any thoughts on Esther's? Just
1: learn how to make a retail shop, you know. That's what we're doing keep in grinding. And I'm just want to say huge thank you to all the people calling, emailing, checking the website, DMing, whatever you're doing to get wine and support us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Agree. Thank you very much. And I I want to just ask you a question. I don't know the answer to this. Have you been able to speak to other restaurateurs? And have you heard about, have you shared any stories about how they're trying to survive? I bet you haven't just because everyone is trying to fight for their lives right now. That's how it is. I
1: mean, even within our own restaurant group, we are not talking to each other at all. I don't even talk to the people that I hardly talk to. Anyone? Yeah, because
0: everyone's so busy. I mean, they're it's just hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah, yeah, trying
1: to reinvent the wheel every day. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try tomorrow. Let's try this. Let's try that. And some days I think, oh gosh, I should call Jeremy or I should text Mariana, but I am buried in things to do. But you know, we will get there.
0: I will say I did text Jeremy Fox. Chef Jeremy Fox said, Bertie G's" after he was on Top Chef, and I said, "Way to go! You know, you look great on TV." I said, I hope it bring, you know brings some business to you." And he said, "The reservation line has been." Off the charts. <laughs> Can't get a table. He's very dry. <laughs> and he did make a, ra- <laughs> a very that's very a good dry joke. joke. Yeah, it was. Can't get a table. So with that, that's the recap on our life and on Esther's. And we're taping this on our uh, Friday night Which is what our Wednesday night So we have a couple nights left to go in our work week But here to drink a nice bottle of wine with you And we are doing, as Catherine mentioned an Italian mineral driven white wine So let's talk a little bit about tonight About what that means exactly Because even though I say I love minerality And I love mineral driven whites I don't know exactly what I'm talking about I just know that's a theme That's a, like a popular thing with wine right now So let's talk about that But can we recap the wine one more time?
1: Yes, so this wine is Passini San Giovanni, the Lugana, 2018. It's from Lombardy, and the actual smaller geographic designation is Lugana. That's the D-O-C, and it's the southern part of Lake Garda in Lombardy. This is 100% Turbiana, which is related to Verdicchio, which is a more known Italian white wine varietal. I have a funny connection to this wine. I'm not sure if you remember this, but in 2012, we moved from Santa Monica back to New York because you were working um, You were working on Broadway. And I wasn't sure what to do. I wanted to go with you. And I got a job as a waitress for the summer at a restaurant in the West Village called Frankie's. And Frankie's had a place in Brooklyn, and this was their West Village spot. And they had an all-Italian wine list. And that was the first time I ever saw this wine. So I have a fun memory of this, that fun, fun summer that we spent in 2012. And I was pouring wine from Passini San Giovanni. And we had the white, this Ilugana, but we also had the rosé, which is a beautiful Rosé. That was the summer I really got to know Italy. I just wanted to mention that first because our connections to wine can be... You know, the memories that we have around wine are really, really special. And so for me, every single time I see this bottle of wine, I think of that really special summer, which is fun for me. I also, that is the restaurant where I really got to know Italy. I don't know about you, but a lot of people love Italian wines, but are so intimidated by it because it's kind of hard to get a handle on the country and all the things thousands of varieties because there are literally thousands of varieties at all the places that produce wines because all 20 states produce wine but there was a map downstairs in the office a fabulous map of Italy that I would look at every single day I worked and that's how I got to know all 20 regions of Italy anyway just had to shout that out before we get into the idea of minerality and what the heck is minerality
0: yeah let's do a couple things about the wine let's talk about the minerality of the wine but let's also do the tasting notes on the wine because that seems to be something that you're excited about and some of the listeners are excited about so even though i've gobbled up some wine let's go ahead and talk about you know how this wine presents itself
1: so let's look at the glass Mm, it's a pretty deep straw color very bright reflecting a lot of light super clear shimmery shiny white wine And if I swirl my glass, I see the legs coming down pretty fast. Ah, there they are. So it's kind of medium. Medium to high alcohol for a white wine, it seems. Some viscosity there.
0: I want to guess like 12 and a half.
1: Very good guess. Thank you. All right, put your nose in there. Now. When we're doing these deductive tastings, we've done them a couple weeks in a row. But the first thing we talk about is fruit. Then we're going to talk about other stuff, either floral or minerality. So get some lime, some lime zest, some lemon, some underripe peach, maybe pear, white nectarine. Now for other stuff, some white flowers, some kind of like gravel. And just kind of a white chalky stone. The gravel, I'm I'm going to say more gravel after the rain. Oh boy. Yeah, we're getting deep here. Because there's kind of this also saltiness, right? You get that sense of saltiness? Now, there's nothing, no spices or no sense of oak influence here. Let's taste it. Dry white wine. Medium body has a great texture and mouthfeel, though to it really like creamy and then finishes with medium plus to high acid i would say it's medium plus it has good acidity but it's not so overwhelming
0: we talked about acid very early on in the show just to do a quick recap on how you feel acid in your mouth
1: Acid is like you're sucking on a lemon. So imagine that you're sucking on the lemon. Sometimes if you suck on it, it's just really tart. That's just high acid. Sometimes you have it for a second. It's tart, but it takes a minute and then your mouth starts watering that's where you feel the acid. So sometimes you might, it might be delayed. When you feel your mouth start to water and you want to take another drink, you know that's where the acidity is coming in. And in terms of body or mouthfeel, again, think about milk. Is it like skim milk? Is it like 2% or is it like whole milk? And this is definitely 2%. I mean, it has that creamy texture, but it's not so, so heavy. It's really nice. It's dry. We know sweet or dry. And then we can talk about what we talked about on the nose. Is there any of that in the palate? I really get that underripe peach, that underripe nectarine, and just kind of like a salty minerality. But it's more simple and crisp on the palate would you say definitely that's my trick when it's more underripe, feels like it's more tart on the palate than the nose you know it's old world we know it's from italy and it has a fresh finish sometimes when something has a, a decent amount of acidity and there's your mouth is watering i like to say it has a fresh finish some customers always oh i don't like that sour finish that sour taste that's great i won't get them a high acid wine but when I describe it as a fresh finish, it tends to put it in a better light, and people like that. And they know it goes with food. So, what do you think? Are you enjoying this? Yeah, I like the wine. It's got a lot of texture. It has some nuance to it, some nice fruit, some minerality that we're going to get into. This is a wine to drink on a warm spring day with some spring vegetables. Don't do that yet. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: Don't okay. do that yet. Just, just note the- Just note it for yourselves now, team. Yeah, no, no, no. Team. Okay. Spring vegetables are good. Got it. Good
1: got, it. <clears throat> got it. Where are we going now? Well, let's talk
0: about the winemaker.
1: So let's talk about this winemaker, Passini San Giovanni. So they're a third generation winemaker. It was founded in 1958 by Andrea Passini. And now it's run by some cousins from various extended families, but the same family. And they are all about organic farming. They're also all about biodiversity in the vineyards, and there's all kinds of things growing, cover crops, flowers, native plants. It's very, very lively and alive. They're also focused on being carbon neutral as a winery, and they're totally run on solar power, which is super cool. Um, this wine... 100% Turbiana, which is the local grape variety, the local name for Verdicchio. Um, it grows very well here. It's native to this region in Lugana. It, this area is pretty warm. And despite being just like right below the Alps, which are to the north side of Lake Garda, which kind of the Alps protect the northerly cold winds from the rest of Europe, and the southern part of the lake is rather warm. It's more Mediterranean. There are olive trees and citrus, capers, cactus, some Mediterranean, other Mediterranean plants, and Turbiana grows really well there. I have never tasted this grape variety other than in this wine, but I know there are other versions of it. But it's a pretty small little DOC.
0: and one of the reasons you brought this wine to our attention tonight is because you wanted to talk about what it means to be mineral-driven in wine. And I think this is great because you, you said this before at Esters. A lot of people are asking for mineral-driven whites, and you want to help illuminate people as to what they're talking about when they want these type of wines. So can you speak on what it means for a wine to be have minerality or be mineral-driven, et cetera?
1: Yeah. So, what does it mean, minerality? Well, it's not fruit. It's not an herb. It's not a spice. Minerality can be an aroma. It can be a taste. Um, it can be both. Think about like sea salt, or think about oysters, or think about. I'm just gonna say some things that kind of conjure up an image or a taste. Uh, the smell of the sidewalk after it rains, or crushed rocks or gravel like we were talking about earlier tonight or gravel after it rains something saline flinty a metallic kind of taste some chalky something chalky I always think of this great word pelagic meaning of the sea which a sommelier used when I first worked in a restaurant in New York and I thought oh my gosh if I can use that word someday with a customer they'll buy everything It's a great word. It is a great word. Anyway, that is what we're talking about. And when we do a deductive tasting, like we kind of did before, we talk about fruit first, then we talk about other stuff. And sometimes the other stuff is divided into organic, meaning living, meaning like mushroom or something. And something sometimes it's inorganic, non living rocks. But is that minerality really related to what's in the wine? That's a really, really, really big question. That's a million dollar question because every time you read tasting notes or every time we talk about a wine here, maybe not every time, but so many times we say this is grown on gravel and clay and tonight. This happens to be from vineyards that are really rich in gravel and clay. And what does that mean? Is that, am I drinking the clay? Is the gravel coming up into the vine? Is it like I'm tasting part of the gravel? Because that's the image. That's the portrait we're painting, right? That we're getting some sense of place that we're actually imbibing the place where this is from. It's such a great fantasy. It really is. But it's actually not really true. Science does not support that. And I think of it in the same way as when I was leading a class for some girlfriends a few years ago, and we were talking about a wine, how there was kind of a pineapple note. And she said, oh, are there pineapples in this? And I said, no, it's literally just grapes. It's the same thing, right? There aren't literally rocks in the wine. There are not pineapples in the wine. It's just grapes. And for a grape to reach down and pull the minerals out of, quote, a rock into the glass, it's just not, that's, I mean, that's not real. But it's a great fantasy. And it's part of what makes wine poetic and fun. It's a real metaphor. And to talk about where a wine is from and what it's like. And there is a sense of terroir I mean, terroir is a thing, but if you lick a rock, doesn't give you a lot, right? I mean, kind of all, any rock you lick is going to probably taste the same. But I like to think about this book that I read years ago. It's called The Accidental Connoisseur. An Irreverent Journey Through the Wine World. And it's a, such a great book by Lawrence Osborne. Little stories about wine and the history of wine. and This is where I started to learn about Mondavi and his impact on the wine industry. And it's just, it's just a lovely book. But it talks about this arbitrary decision that we made for the terms, the language that we talk about wine we just decide these grocery items would be good terms to talk about wine but that's not it's not like the right way i mean we're tasting something we're smelling something so translating that to words is you know that's a language that we decided on
0: well i'm glad you got your to that point because i wanted to ask you from the consumer standpoint what does it mean what are they looking for when they drink you know a mineral driven wine what are the main components of a mineral driven white wine and why are they responding to that
1: Well, I think it's like if we do a deductive tasting and we end up saying two fruits and four different kinds of other things, different kinds of rocks or a saltiness, it means there's more other stuff, more sense of minerality than fruit. And I think when people are talking about minerally white wines in general they're talking about wines that aren't just about fruit have other stuff going on and are dry nine times out of ten they're talking about a dry white wine and they're talking about something that's not too fruity is what i hear when i'm on the phone with somebody
0: that's kind of where i'm going with that i think yeah dry white wine
1: i'm thinking about a dry white wine that's has complexity that's not all about fruit that's what i hear there you go yeah, so I don't know minerality. It's kind of sorry if it get too dense there. Well, let, me, let me
0: ask you. I think there was some density to it, to be completely honest. Please. But I want to ask you, like, just from a somm standpoint, and you, you know, you've taken some tests in the guild. Would a wine like this ever be blinded for you? Because it's the variety is so rare.
1: No, because of the variety. I mean, but rarely is an Italian white wine going to be on that list. When we talk about Italian white wines, there's a tons of different varietals. And to be honest, most of the time we think about Italian reds. Those are the ones that are ageable, have complexity on those tests. Whites, not as much. Me, a Pinot Grigio, because that is a, a wine that we all must know. I'm trying to think of what else, maybe some classic white wines from Piemonte, but certainly not this. It's too esoteric.
0: I will say that, you know, Italian whites, in my experience, and my wine journey with you, Italian whites have been my favorite discovery because everyone knows French reds. And even people know French whites because of Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. But because there's so many variety of Italian whites, like it's very special to kind of dive in, even though it's confusing and very, uh, it it can tend to be overwhelming. It's fun because there's so much variety of Italian whites. And I encourage everyone out there that... As you mentioned last week, a lot of people are being adventurous with their wine choices are. Italian whites is a way to go.
1: It is. And the other thing is just there's so much value in Italian white wine.
0: That's a great point.
1: Because everyone is looking there for red wines and a lot of times the local varieties or typical varieties of white wine people haven't heard of, they don't sell the same way that the red wines do. So there is a ton of value.
0: And one thing I do get a lot with mineral, especially like, you know, you you mentioned the lake that it's near. Like there's a built-in saltiness that a lot of these white wines have that I feel like is very enjoyable to my palate. Maybe not to everyone's, but it is to mine.
1: Wines with acid and saltiness are just refreshing.
0: That's right down my wheelhouse. So with that in mind, some food pairing. Aside from spring vegetables, which you gave away, nice teas. Any other um, food pairing items for Italian whites in general, but specifically the wine we're having tonight?
1: Well, for this wine, I was thinking of the smoked trout spread that we have at Esters, which is a creamy and smoky spread for toast. That's great with some like pickled onions or radish. It's great with a salad. It's great with to have an, as an accompaniment to cheeses or something else but some kind of like salt cod or kind of an, like an oily white fish that this would be so nice because it has the texture and saltiness to compare to that. Of course it's great with spring vegetables as well because it has that light brightness to it. The asparagus, peas, radishes, some sort of nice fresh salad is great too.
0: We are heading into a little bit of a warm stretch here in L.A. Hope, I, I you know, your mom sent some pictures of snow in Boulder, Colorado. So depending on where you're listening, it is spring for all of us, but it feels like different months depending on where you are in the country and uh, internationally. The other thing I want to ask you, uh, like I ask every week, is if hopefully you're able to find this wine at your local wine store wherever you live. But if you can't, Catherine, could you advise us on some questions that could help us, you know, find a similar wine at our local wine purveyor?
1: Well, I would explore... All different kinds of white wine from Italy other than Pinot Grigio. You know, let's not talk about that. But let's talk about Radicchio, Vermentino, any variety you haven't heard of. That would be fabulous. But particularly coastal white wines from Italy, you're going to find a lot of minerality as we've been talking about.
0: Keep bringing the Italian white wines to our house. Happy to drink them with you. Um, And I I want to ask you one other question. Uh, It's a very unique bottle, bottle shape. Can you tell me why this bottle is what it is? Do you you know if there's a name for this style?
1: I don't. I would love to find out, but I don't know. It's just sort of this more stout bottle. I've never seen anything exactly like this, except from this winery. Um, And they have small labels. It's just very elegant. The presentation is really cool. But... I don't know the meaning of it.
0: If other wine bottles are a finger, this is a thumb. <laughs> That's cute. And um, we'll put a picture of this on our Instagram, of course, and our Twitter. So, uh, you know, have a look if you're on Instagram. It's it's a stocky bottle of wine. But um, go ahead and grab some. All right. We've come to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. And for those of you who've been listening, you know how much I care about music in this world, so this is another nod to some great music that's been coming out. I'm going to go ahead and do two artists this week. One is the artist named Hamilton Lighthouser, formerly the lead singer of a group, indie music group called The Walkmen. Um, he's had a couple of solo albums out, and he has a couple. He has a new album out, maybe about a couple weeks old or a month old. Really good. I hope you check it out. The title of the album is "The Loves of Your Life." Apparently, the album is. Each song on the album is written for a specific person with whom he does not name. But it's really good. I mean, th- this guy writes great music. Uh, I don't know if you have heard his song a thousand times from a few years ago. Or another one goes by f- when he was with the Walkman, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. Catherine likes to make fun of me because she thinks every song that I mention, I-, I say, is my all-time or top 20 favorite songs.
1: I'm not exaggerating. This is every time. But
0: that really is one of them from the Walkman. So check out Hamilton Lighthouser's new album, The Loves of Your Life. The other album I want to mention is Fiona Apples. New album, which came out while we're taping last night. I stayed up late to listen to it because she doesn't make music very often. This is her first album in eight years, and it's pretty fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. The album is called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. For those of you who've been following her journey from title or criminal mid to late 90s to now. She's now 42 years old, lives in Venice. How do I know this? Because there's a fantastic article, I believe in the March 23rd issue of The New Yorker by formerly the TV critic there, Emily Nussbaum, who does a great article on Fiona Apple and her process towards making this album. And now the album is out. And Pitchfork, I don't know if you guys know Pitchfork Media. I'm sure some of you do out there. They give the album a 10. That's the highest grade you can give an album. So... um Go out there and listen to it. See for yourself. So, a couple of great albums to listen to during your quarantine. Hope you're enjoying some great music and some great art and keeping your mind sane during this wild time. So, Catherine, what do you have?
1: I can't wait to check that out. Oh, yeah. This week, I am inspired by a friend. My friend Emily Alexander, who ordered wine this week, and she texted me, she said, I'm here, I'm out front. You can put the wine in the trunk of my car. And I went out into the trunk, and there was a mason jar with a ribbon tied around it and a flower. And she said, That's for you. That is a cocktail that I made for you, for you to take home. And it was such a sweet and thoughtful gesture all day long. All week long I'm delivering wine and dropping wine in people's cars and at their homes and it was so nice to receive something simple and I cannot wait to try this cocktail and I have the flowers sitting by my bed but as usual just an unexpected gift from a friend is so welcome so thank you Emily.
0: This feels like a ploy uh, or, or a passive aggressive way to tell me that you need more flowers in your life for me. Yes. (laughs) Emily, stop showing me up. (laughs) Okay, that's it. Episode 29 is in the books. Thank you to everyone who continues to listen to our show. We are running the contest. The contest ends this week. Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Catherine Weil Coker and The Long Finish at The Long Finish. And you can find us both on Facebook. I'm at Catherine Weil Coker and The Long Finish, The Long Finish.
0: You can find me at Tug Coker on Twitter and Instagram. You can find The Long Finish at TLF Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much to listen to the show. Got some great episodes coming up the next few weeks. Maybe a couple crossover podcasts that we hope to uh, work out. But we'll be drinking bottles every week. and Hopefully you find a way to drink along with us so continue to practice social distancing stay safe stay healthy stay sane and we'll see you back here next week until then happy drinking
1: ciao